I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member of MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. Oh, he's fired up tonight. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I don't have Wes Matthews for you. I don't have that. But I have some uh, strong opinions on that that we'll gladly um, get to later on. But let's talk about the Raptors first. We will we'll get into it. So today what we're going to talk about is we'll, uh, we'll break down a little bit of the Raptors game uh, since we haven't done a podcast since then. So we'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks loss to the Toronto Raptors. It was a close one. It, it actually came down. Uh, they had a chance, which it seems like the Raptors game and the Jazz game, they were, had moments where they were down by a lot, and then they had moments and where the they, Hawks game. They came, <laughs> they came. We already talked about the Hawks game. They had moments where they came back, and so we'll get into that, and then we'll break down, of course, the Utah Jazz game. We will hear from Rick Carlisle towards the end of the podcast. He had some uh, things to say or not say actually about Wes Matthews' shot selection, and then we'll um, we'll hear from Fiery Isaac. We're uh, <laughs> We're ready to hear from Fiery Isaac about um, no, we're not about Wes Matthews' shot selection. So that's what we're going to talk about. Isaac, let's get into it. The Toronto Raptors game, the Mavericks lose 107 to 116. First time uh, Harrison Barnes played this season for the Mavericks. He uh, he played 28 minutes. He scored 14 points of five on 17 from the floor, and he was a minus 24. <laughs> No one else is even close to that. <laughs> Dwight Powell's a minus nine, and that was the next closest. He he just looked super rusty, and you know Dennis Smith Jr. didn't play in the game. He set it out. We thought that was going to be the first game that we were going to um, have the full starting lineup intact. We didn't, uh, so they started Jalen Brunson. But it's just a different. Rick touched on that tonight. It's it. Uh, we're going to really dive into Harrison Barnes after the Spurs game and give him like at least three games, and then we'll kind of talk about his like play and yeah. stuff. And we'll have more time to talk about that. We have a podcast in between because there's a back to back right now. Yeah, and we got to keep our podcast. Um, Stop. Just keep going. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I'm wasting time. To talk about I'm wasting time. I'm wasting time. Uh, our, our podcasts are being too long right now. Anyway, they really are. Uh, um, so, but with Harrison, it's just going to take a little bit of time for him to adjust to this new style. And Rick talked about that of how Harrison's been really these past two years of, has been the guy, and they've just thrown him the ball and said, "Go get us a basket and yeah. shoot these mid range shots and all this stuff." And now it's a whole different style style of play. So it's going to be different for him. But I like Kawhi got to Luka a lot of the game. I thought Luka did fine. Like I mean, he had twenty two points. They got a, they got down super early, and this is the only, this is what I liked about it. they got down eighteen to two in Toronto against the hottest team in the league. And I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And they really they didn't like fold in. They didn't throw in the towel, and they they cut it to five at least once, might maybe twice. Uh, they cut it to five, and you're like, wow, if they come back without Dennis, like this is going to be um, very, very impressive. But I don't know. I, I wasn't very upset about that game. That was a, 
I thought we played him decently well. Maxi was huge off the bench. I think he had five blocks that game. He had some big time blocks. I went on Locked On Raptors before this game to preview this game, talk about the Mavericks with them uh, with Sean Woodley, and he was like, "Is Maxi going to kill us again?" Because apparently last time Maxi had like a double double and like had five blocks against the Raptors last year and like absolutely killed the Raptors, and he remembered it. Um, oh, so he gets another good game again, which is kind of funny that Maxi has a good game against the Raptors. Um, uh, other things in this game, DeAndre Jordan had 18 points, 15 boards, five assists. <laughs> the dude is just putting up numbers. I mean, he's, he's all over the place. The Mavericks are, are using him pretty much the correct way that you have to use him, right? Like they're, they're using him in pick and rolls. They're using him to, he's, he's around the basket. They miss enough shots that he can put back some, some of these misses. Uh, and offensively he's, he's doing great. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm talking about. They're using him. In the correct way. What do you think about Brunson starting? I, I liked it. I didn't. I thought for sure once Dennis uh, was not playing, I was like, oh, they're going to start Brunson uh, because Rick likes to keep those those units intact for the most yeah. part and and leaving JJ with the second unit. I mean, I thought he did fine. I, um, yeah, he I like Jalen Brunson. He has really smart plays. Like he just does things where you look on a court, you're like, oh, that's really smart. And sometimes they don't work out, or he has a nice kick out, or he has you know driving the paint that's really good. His shots just aren't going. But when he does hit them, it's these step backs. Like he had one tonight against the Jazz. Uh, he, it was like a, a two step drop back. You know, where you, sometimes you do a step. He took like two steps and went all the way back to the three point line and hit one. So he his shot, I think, will eventually fall. Um, his IQ is there, and that's oh, the, for sure. that's the like. You wait. It's in that big head of his. <laughs> Him you, and Tyus okay. Jones, man. I don't want to start any like controversies and stuff. But if you take Jalen Brunson's Action IQ Brunson. and how he plays the game and put it in somebody else's body, then you could form a very uh, crazy player. But wow, are you saying yep. he's short? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're calling him Br- out. Wow, Brunson, you're uh, is he taller no, than you? Heightest. <laughs> uh, no, Brunson's got that. He, he's, he's not taller be a, than you. He's going to be a solid rotational player for a long time. The people want to know. Is he taller or shorter than Yogi? Uh, I think he's about the same size. Yogi was pretty small. Interesting. Interesting. The people. These are the things that people want to know. Uh, so, yeah, Brunson starting was, was fine. He had he had forces, two turnovers, which is good, which is what you want to see. He's only a minus three for the game. Um, and then, like like he said about Luka, 35 minutes in this game, 7 of 14 from the field, 22 points, five boards, four assists, three only three turnovers. So uh, some nice stuff, but the Raptors, man, they're a buzzsaw. Like they're just, oh, so good. They're so good. They're six and zero. Uh, unless they played again tonight, um, man. Pascal Siakam, he's, he's I've nice. been trying to tell you about yeah. him. No, you have. Like he's like a better version of Aminu. He's not Draymond, but he, but he's like better than Aminu. I think he's, he's like bigger than Aminu. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. I mean, I love OG too, but anyway, let's let's. Move yeah, they on have both that. of them, and Kawhi yeah. and Danny Green was lighting it up again, of course, of course, because that's what he does. So, all right, let's take a quick break, Isaac, and when we come back, we'll break down the Utah Jazz game. All right, Isaac, the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Maverick faced off in the AAC for. Um, a basketball game that happened. The Mavericks lost 104 to 113. Some of the statistical highlights, Dennis Smith Jr. had an awesome game. He was 12 of 19 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3, scored 27 points, which tied his career high. Do you remember what game Dennis Smith Jr. had his career high last year? No clue. It was the 
San Antonio Spurs game in November, that game where he sized up Pau Gasol at the top of the key and, and oh, jammed right on. Yeah, that man. was that was the game where he had 27 points. Um, he also had seven boards. He only had one assist and but no turnovers. So kind of a or no, no, I'm sorry. He had one he had one rebound, three assists, and three turnovers. So an interesting game for him uh, in that regard. This he shot 63 percent from the field, and that was huge. Three for four from three. You couldn't. Stellar game from Dennis Smith-June. Like, uh, amazing game. He left uh, tonight after the game, did not speak with the media. Um, he was out of the locker room before we even got in there. So, um, it's there's some frustration right now there. And um, But tonight, he played amazing. And it, when his shot's going, you're like, man, this is like potential. Like, this is... He had like a fadeaway jump shot. He was hitting a three. He, like... He had it going, and you. I wanted more opportunities of that in the fourth. Yes, yeah, you you, you wanted more of that. What his game to me? He's at his best when he's what Carlisle said at the beginning of the game, and I thought it was kind of interesting. They showed it during the broadcast where Carlisle and Carlisle speaks before every single game too, which is kind of weird to me. Like that <laughs> he comes and just sits down, and he has like a sweatsuit on, and he talk, talks before the game, and then couple hours later he's wearing a suit and then talks about the game <laughs> yeah i mean people wonder why they dislike the media i mean yes. it's literally there's a shoot around in the morning they address yes. the media and there's like two hours before the game they address the media they address the media right after the game and it's just like what I'm like there's only so much a lot of stuff it's the same same questions but anyway right. so uh he addressed the media before the game and said i'm gonna sit down with dennis Smith jr even before this game and i'm gonna show him this video of a bunch of plays of him attacking the basket very well and just kind of reinforce. And so I think that some of this frustration that we've been seeing, and I've seen a couple of people in Mavs media talk about how Dennis is showing some frustration. Dennis is showing uh, words have been thrown around like pouty and he's upset and no, disinterested like and things like that. And I don't think it's that mo- I don't think it's that. I think it's more of Dennis is frustrated with himself. He's going to be somebody that's going to be more introspective than like upset with other people around him. Do you think that's mm-hmm. fair from, yeah, from what I've fair. gathered being around him for the last year? Yeah, um, I think he like harvests that inside of him of like yes. taking stuff personal to himself, like not from other people, but like he holds himself to a higher standard. To what, what I understand, I don't know him that well personally. So right, yeah, just observing. By the way, not like yeah. I'm not hanging out with him. It's not like Isaac and Nerland, so. <laughs> but so Carlisle sat him down and kind of reinforced these positive things of like, he's had some positive moments. You've had some good drives to the basket. This is when you're really effective. Let me show you this highlight tape. This is you, man. And he goes out there. I wish he, you'd had that conversation with Wes. That'd be a short <laughs> highlight clip. We'll talk about Wes. Hold your Wes stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes out there and he's, he plays a great game. Um, came down to the, to the end and uh, just didn't, didn't see it. And I don't know why, but uh, but yeah, now, there's there's some out of, there's some out of control drives, and that there's there's that gets a couple frustrating. of those tonight, right? That that does get frustrating. Of um, there's it's a combination, like, and it's somebody this young, he he's going to figure it out. Of when his shot's going, trust the shot. But there's also their side of his brain too that you, I mean, you can't blame him as saying, "Well, I'm so fast, I can get to the lane." Yeah. And then sometimes my shot's not going. So if you don't trust your shot and you think you can get to the lane at will, then it ca- and then it makes you you do have these like collision course things of it's like he I don't know, it's like you're on a trampoline and you're jumping and you want to do like a trick 
and but you don't plan out your trick before you jump, yep. and then you jump on their trampoline, and then you're up in the air, and you're like, oh, should I flip now? And then you land like halfway, like on your shoulders and crap. It's kind of like him when he goes drives the lane, he jumps, and it's just like he. I feel like he does a lot of unnecessary ball movement in the air mm. that could just be like a normal layup or maybe even a dunk um, or just, I don't know. There, he, he takes it around himself a lot, and I don't know what that is or if even if it's a problem. It might just be a personal thing for me, but he just he misses some bunnies sometimes, and is that a mental thing or is that like a technique thing? And that's what he's got to figure out. We don't know the answer, and... And, and that's not a that's not an abnormal thing for a young player to deal with. Um, we've seen D- Luka Doncic does the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. sometimes Sevens will drive into the lane and he'll just like jump and expect somebody to be open and try to see if he can find somebody to pass out to. And uh, a lot of times it's worked, but a lot of times it also turns into turnovers as well, where he jumps and you know throws it and somebody deflects it because they're ready for that. Um, so that that's something he's going to grow out of. Uh, but when Dennis's shot is falling, man, he looks real good. He looks real good. It's, it's such a di- he's such a different player when his shot is falling than when it's not, um, because he he is reliant on scoring. Um, he doesn't affect the game in a lot of different areas. Um, but when he's going, man, he's going and it's good. Yeah, and they they start him off. They put him on Rubio, and they put um, you know West guarded Mitchell and. I thought Wes did a pretty good job in guarding Mitchell for the for the like first quarter quarter half. Uh, Mitchell had a crazy play on him at the end of the first half. Oh um, man, yeah, just, he had this like, like on the, the right wing. He was going at him ISO one on one. He went behind his back and just totally left Wes in the dust and had a wide open lane for a layup. <laughs> yeah, and which uh, to Wes's credit on that, a lot of people would be. I mean, yes. Mitchell's yeah, yeah. outstanding. Um, but you know, I just want to say this one positive thing on Wes because I was talking about matchups. If if Wes is not in there, and a lot of people have threw out there the whole like, who who's guarding? Like a lot of people suggested put Maxi in the starting lineup, and that's yeah. cool because Maxi's playing great. But who's guarding the other best player? <laughs> you're literally saying Dennis or Luca. You're gu- you're guarding Donovan. Who's guarding Donovan Mitchell if Maxi's in the starting lineup? Well, Harrison Barnes maybe. No, no. Harrison ain't gonna guard. I mean, that's, Harrison can't guard your, Mitchell. Of those options you just gave me, Harrison Martin's the best option of those. He can't guard Mitchell. I mean, he's they would put him on people like a he, J, like a Jason Tatum or something. But like Kyrie Mitchell, yeah, uh, like a Russell Westbrook, like these guys. That's who you throw West out. Now, am I saying West is the like the best wing defender? Now, no, I think that is overrated for sure. And we'll, but. They just need an upgrade of West. Like you need a Patrick Beverly. You need a some somebody else that that can guard these guys. It's just right now West is the only guy. Like you you almost have to have him in there because he has to guard these people. But it, there's it's like a gift and a curse. It's like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde here. Like the freaking crap's going on. But okay, let's let's not talk about West. Let's talk about something. Yeah, else. we need to move on from this. <laughs> um, uh, and anything else in the game? Um, so the the Mavericks, they man. I'm looking they, at my notes. West post ups. West <laughs> no. Um, I want to say this about Luca. One, he started off in KD uh, in some KDs, which I wasn't a huge fan of. He's got he's got so many random shoes he wears, but so he starts off in KDs. He literally lasts like a quarter, not even a quarter. He switches back to Kyrie's. <laughs> So it's like Kyrie's are like his go-to. His Kyrie's or Kobe's, he, you know, you can tell he, he likes them a lot. But a criticism of Luca. Okay. 
I think he settles for for threes too much. Mm, the step back. Just threes in, in general, but yeah, the step back too. I think he falls in love with it, and I think he falls in love with it because I don't think he's as confident that he can get to the to the rim at will. And honestly, I don't think he can get to the rim at will on certain defenders. Like, there was a play in particular in that second half when Donovan Mitchell was guarding him. And he did, like, three or four different dribble moves, and Mitchell was there after every move, and he just didn't get past him. He just couldn't get past him. And it resulted in, like, him shooting a three right in Mitchell's face, and it, like, barely hit the rim. And it was, like, those type of plays where – you want you don't want him to like just settle for these threes, and I feel like sometimes he does. And we've ta- I've, I brought up this question before: when Lucas not hitting threes, can he get his points? Yeah. And right now, that's what he he's got to figure out because if the outside shot's not going in, can he get past these per- these you know prime wing defenders and be able to find points in not transition? And that's you know he's fine. He he'll he'll figure it out, but. I think sometimes he settles for for too many three pointers. Yeah, he was two he, for six tonight. I yeah. mean, thirty three percent. But yeah, he'll he'll hit a lot of those. But his whole bread and butter is going to be that floater mid range game because he's yes. going he's going to yes. catch so many people off guard because he just stops and throws these up and he can do it with either hand, uh, mostly with the right. But <laughs> he throws. And some of my texts that I sent you, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm Nick gets like text from me that's all caps and i'm like what is going on like the the pick and roll between dennis i mean between luca and whoever else run a pick and roll with him at the top of the key if you can get luca the goal almost every possession or every other possession is get look get luca the ball in the like around the middle of the paint in the circle yes and let him make a decision whether it's a floater whether it's a lob to deandre whether it's hitting a corner man something like there, there should be no reason why Luca doesn't, why they go three, five, six possessions without Luca touching the ball, touching and the ball, we're, not even we're like literally DNA running a decision, touching, literally him. running an offensive set for West Matthews is like post plays and all this stuff. But anyway, that's my that's my Luca thing. I I thought he played decently well tonight, but I just think he should have. You tweeted out some numbers. If you got those tweets about his shots, how many shots he shot in like either the fourth quarter or the second half. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had – so in the fourth quarter when the game was – I mean, it was close. It was back and forth. They were, they were back and forth. It was you know close at some point. These are the shots that Luka took in the fourth. This is this is your best offensive decision maker, and unless you want to count Harrison Barnes at this point, which – I don't. I think that Luca. No, no, no. He's got time. He's got to take more time for sure. I think Luca's better right now, even if Harrison's at his best. Um, Luca dodged fourth quarter shots. He subbed in at the nine minute and fifty second mark. Uh, at eight minutes and eighteen seconds, he had a layup and he made it. At five minutes, so this is three minutes later, he had a, he took a three and missed. And then another thirty seconds ish later, he had a layup and missed. And then with 34 seconds left, so in garbage time when they were already down, he had a layup and missed. Three shots when the game is on the line between between the nine minutes and the garbage time towards the end with, like, 30 seconds left. Three shots. That's all he That's all he took. That's all he was able to take. And he didn't have any with other this touches team, that just, either. That just can't happen. I mean, he's too efficient. He's your best playmaker. He's your best decision maker. Like, he, he you just got to give him the ball. Like, there were only two players tonight for the Mavericks that were a positive and plus minus. DeAndre Jordan and Luka Doncic. Like, like I mean, and Luka was, was a zero. plus. Yeah, Luka was a plus four, and he played 36 minutes tonight. 
now note it. There's a it's a back to back. There's a game today as you're listening yeah, to this. Yeah, and they he, Carlisle played these starters a lot tonight. He played almost 37 minutes for Luca, uh, 36 and a half for DeAndre, uh, almost 36 for Wes. 34 and a half for Harrison Barnes, 34, almost 34 for Dennis. Like those are the starters. He's getting a lot of minutes only. And uh, he had to put him back in there. Yeah. Cause the, it was, the nine, bench was nine minutes to go. <laughs> the bench was not doing it. I actually listened to uh, David Locke did his post game already. And uh, he called the Mavericks bench, a poor bench, <laughs> which is, and what's crazy is they're normally like the positive. Yeah. It's just kind of like flip tonight as far as because you start going down through there. I mean, J.J. was a minus seven. Even Maxie was a minus five. Dwight Powell minus 12. Jalen Brunson minus 14. Like, it's just those bench units really got, got torched tonight. And but <laughs> By the likes of gorgeous Yang. <laughs> freaking Grayson Allen. And Grayson Allen. I tweeted this out. I think Ning is like their version of Maxi that he's probably playing pretty well for them, but just no one knows about yeah, it. No he's one. like, <laughs> and he's just like, like fly underneath the radar. But shout out to DeAndre, nineteen boards tonight, uh, twelve points. <clears throat> there is a, there is okay. Well, no, we're gonna stay positive. Nine, DeAndre is putting up some great DeAndre. stats. <laughs> yes, nine. He almost had a triple double. Um, which is crazy, and Rick was asked about that after the game, and Rick said we're we're asking him to do things that he's never did before, and I thought that was very interesting uh, for mm-hmm. De- for him. And uh, DeAndre uh, had a funny moment in a post game press conference when, or in a media scrum, when he was asked about uh, just are they close to finding their groove and stuff. And he's like, "Well, I think we just played our sixth game, and to my calculations, I was a college dropout." So uh, I think we have 76 left, <laughs> and uh, he had a crazy outfit on tonight, like like he Cam had a, Newton level. Yes, yes, and like a, a crazy nice hat, and it was it was cool. I I enjoyed DeAndre Jordan's presence. He is a fun guy, even after losses. Like when guys are left and got their things and and just left and stuff, DeAndre is still going to sit there and be professional. And he's not Dwight Howard. He's not just like a goofball. He's professional, but he's like a joy to be around. But anyway. Well, think about all the Clipper, like terrible Clippers teams with Donald Sterling and you know the beginnings of Chris Paul of Blake Griffin. Well, the, no, before Chris Paul, like the actually bad teams. Oh, all the bad teams. You know the actual bad like ones after Oliver Condi and Darius Miles and all them. Yes. So, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're getting into it. Oh snap. All right, Isaac, do you want to do the Carlisle quote now or do you want to uh, talk a minute? No, let's, yeah, let's do it now and we'll talk All right, about it. So, quote. this is uh, Tim Cato asked this. I thought it was a fair question about Carlisle, uh, a question to Carlisle in the postgame media conference about Wes Matthews and his shot selection. And how, if you can't hear the question exactly, it's, it's how does this Wes Matthews is the amount of shots he's getting before Harrison came back to now with Harrison back is that shot amount going to adjust and, and lower pretty much he's asking is that going to be an adjustment for west to take now less shots now that harrison barnes is back into the starting lineup and this is what carlisle had to say Wes matthews has led the team in uh, shots since the season started obviously some of that is the injuries but now that the team is healthy would you see that as another adjustment I, like, I don't care about that you, you know i, I don't want to hear questions about shots and, and that kind of stuff i mean we've got to we've got to have a real balance on this team um and it, it can't be about who's getting a certain number of shots. It just can't. Um, you know, if it, 
if, if it's like that, you know, we'll have we'll have no chance to succeed the way we feel we should. And so, um, you know, but but look, we're in, we're analyzing everything statistically constantly, and 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 we'll continue to do so. Um, but the ball's got to be touching a lot of people's hands. That's how we got to play. Um. Okay. I don't care about that. Couple couple things. Couple what? Things. Couple things. Um, I don't think he cares to talk about it, which I think is different than he doesn't care about it. Uh, but if he, but if that's not what he meant, then he should definitely care about it because Wes Matthews is not taking quality shots at all. He was five of seventeen tonight, t- only two of four from from three. That is that is almost worse to me. That means Wes Matthews has taken uh, at least thirteen mid range shots. <laughs> He's averaging like over 10 threes a game right now. And he took 13 shots tonight that were not three-pointers. That is a travesty. Okay? There is no other way to put that. Watching, okay. I don't even know where to begin. But like looking around the press box tonight when Wes, okay, so a lot of media have, you know, a lot of us have no stake in it. Obviously right for the team, okay? So like I'm going to I'm going to cheer, I'm like root for him. That's just duh. That's just what I do. And but looking around the media and a lot of people that's supposed to be like neutral and seeing their reactions <laughs> when Wes shoots a shot or drives the lane and bricks it off the backboard step and seeing them just put their heads down, they're just shaking their heads and they just put their hands on them. I'm like, oh snap, everybody knows it. It's not just like <laughs> it's not just us. Like you've seen some like uh, I seen a national guy the other day. It was like t- uh, tweeting out some Wesley Matthews shot attempt stuff. He's leading the team in shot attempts. Okay, Wesley. Matthews is leading the Mavericks in shot attempts, and we're trying to be a playoff team. I just don't. And it's the, just reached a point to where it just it, it it honestly does not make a bit of sense unless you are like it, there has to be an explanation unless you are literally saying we're trying. Okay, here's okay. If you're trying to up his trade value, I, I think I think you're hurting it. Like. If you want to up his trade value, then I think you need to like put him in a same thing to where you literally just say, go sit on the freaking corner and shoot a three-pointer. Like, and hopefully you hit him at a high rate and you find some other team that says, hey, that's going to be awesome for my team. It's just this theoretical 3 and D guy. And I just don't get it, man. Like, I text you so many times during the game. And, like, I don't get how Luka <laughs> doesn't touch the ball for three or four times. And then we literally call a timeout. We come out of timeout. We run a, a, a set play, like an actual set play of Wes curling around and getting post position. And, and, like, we get it. We've talked about his synergy post numbers a thousand times. But I just don't get Like, I, it just doesn't – it doesn't make sense. And, for the, like, I understand fans completely – that are voicing frustrations over um, some coaching decision on that of when you have some players on the anyway that that was the difference for me tonight is that before when Harrison Barnes wasn't in the lineup Wes is taking all these shots it's kind of like well you know how much is he just calling it for himself it looks like he's you know but at this point with Harrison Barnes back in the lineup, so he takes 13 shots tonight. You know, he takes he should be taking some shots away from Wes, but Wes still gets up his 17 to lead, uh, second to uh, to Dennis to lead the Mavericks. At some point, you have to think if this is still happening that Carlisle is drawing up some of these plays for Wes Matthews. 
that he's yeah. drawing out these post attempts because there's there's been so many of them and you see him get position on Mitchell you know on the on the baseline and, and wave his arms wildly in the air calling for the ball and if you ignore him what does he do what does Wes always do Wes gets kind of moody Wes gets you know he gets upset he gets frustrated he they see him in the locker room they see him after games he's very competitive he gets he's very hard on himself kind of like Dennis is but he gets upset and so what does that do to the team chemistry are they afraid to not pass Wes Matthews the ball <laughs> are they I, I don't know they they could they totally could be and when when Wes is is posting up some post ups are good if he's if he has a mismatch then go ahead post up but if you're mismatching if you're posting on Donovan Mitchell who has a 6'10 wingspan that is, that is not going to end well for you, and it did not. Um, some post-ups are okay. Like if like if he had a post-up on Ricky Rubio, I'd be totally fine with that. I'd be like, okay, yeah, it, take advantage of that mismatch. But you should not be forcing these things. <laughs> some West drives are okay. There's a couple drives tonight where you're no. going, okay, okay, these are, these are fine. He had the ball. The game came to him. There was a wide-open lane for him, and he went and he took it. He had a mismatch there. But if you're forcing a drive – and if you're going to the the elbow, driving to the elbow without taking a shot at the beginning of the shot, without take, making a pass at the beginning of a shot clock, and you're taking a contested elbow jumper with two guys in your face, what are you trying? What are you trying to prove? Is this, I don't know. This is to me. There's only two things: either the Mavericks are trying to up his trade value by just upping his points per game, which who, which GM or front office in the league just solely looks on points per game and defensive reputation anymore. Vladi, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean. <laughs> and then, or it could be just this is what I've seen on Twitter a lot: is this just contract year, Wes? <laughs> you know, is he just trying to? You know, people to, are just scared to like tell him well. to get his shots and get out of here. You know, here's here's the thing about it is hey, it's not it's not about him and it's not about him as a player because I love his competitiveness. Yeah. I love that he is so That's a fiery and everything. I love that he is the emotional leader. I love what he is good at. It's just he needs to do it. It's just like Dwight Powell. It's just like a few years ago, two years ago, or last year when I was so frustrated with Dwight Powell. I'm like, why do we pay him this money? Why do we like give him this role and stuff? And when when Rick called, I'm not taking anything away from Dwight. I know Nick's gave me heck for like uh, saying this take away from. Him. But when they changed Dwight's role from shooting threes and trying to make him a stretch five and all this stuff to saying, hey, you can jump really high and you can rebound. Go be our <laughs> rim rolling guy, okay? Yeah. And he became one of the best rim rolling guys in the league. And they changed his role, and now he 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 does what he is good at. All that's what's going on right now. Wes is Dwight Powell, like a few years ago, to where his role is just jacked up. His role should be ninety percent of his shots should be catch and shoot threes. Like he should have field goal attempts a game. He should have like what thirteen field goal attempts a game, and sure. nine or ten of them should be threes. Yeah. Like, literally. And you might say, like, I don't even care about the three-pointers a game, him averaging like 10.8 or whatever it was at. That's great. I hope it's 10.8 because that means our other playmakers, and theoretically, our playmakers are getting into the paint and kicking it out. Like, the ball is in. If he's averaging 10 a game, then it should reflect into the usage rate of Luka and Dennis and something like that. Like, that... That's the thing. Like he should be shooting a lot of three pointers because he should be open. It's just the force threes of like, hey, I'm gonna pump fake and then sidestep and shoot like a, you know, off the one foot one. Like I know he he only hit two threes tonight, but I know one of them he was sitting in the corner and they passed it back to him real quick and it was a catch and shoot three. He did nothing but net. 
That's his thing. Like, that's... There should be no world in which he shoots double digits in, like, under three-point range. Two-point shots. No world at all. That should happen. And he shot 13 of them tonight. Completely agree. Uh, He did get to the line... And he shot 12 free throws in this game, which also should tell you that those 17 shots doesn't just reflect how many attempts that he took. Because if you're going to the free throw line, and he hit a lot of them, to give him credit, he he hit 10 free throws. And if he didn't hit those 10 free throws, uh, his 22 points a game would look, or his 22 points this game would look a lot less impressive. (laughs) It would be a lot lower than that. Um, But because he went to the free throw line, he's also getting into the, you know, he's also. Um, attempting more shots in the lane as well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, it doesn't. It, he had more than seventeen attempts, and that's why we're so yeah. frustrating. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's really frustrating because you have these two cornerstone playmakers of Dennis Smith Jr. Luka Doncic. We talked all the offseason. How can they fit together? We talked about James Harden and Chris Paul. We took a, we talked about uh, I I like to throw out LeBron and Kyrie and stuff. This is equivalent to PJ Tucker shooting 17 times a game. <laughs> this is equivalent to literally PJ Tucker getting the ball and rolling in the lane and shooting 13 non-threes a game. Oh, and Tristan while James Thompson. Harden while James Harden and Chris Paul are just like chilling on the, outside the paint. That's what Houston ain't doing that. Like so, like they got it. Like Luca, it should evolve around them. And then yes, Harrison. Harrison's the key to a lot of this, but it, they're just it. That's going to take time to really fit in into this new role that Harrison. Because you can already tell after two games, I feel like Harrison's driving more than he ever has. Like yeah. I mean, he shot like I know like one elbow shot tonight, and I feel like he shot like six of them a game. I, know, last I saw year. it, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, haven't like, seen that whole game. A <laughs> mid range shot. What is that? The it's like a rare have, species. The Mavericks starting five with Luca, DeAndre, Wes, Barnes, and Smith, and Dennis Smith Jr. They have five decision makers, and I think if you ranked them from best to worst, Wes Matthews would be the worst, and he is making the most decisions right now. And that I think is DeAndre where, Jordan had nine assists. I mean, that's he, what I'm saying. I think DeAndre Jordan is one of the best decision makers <laughs> in the starting lineup as far as offensively. He knows what his role is. He does his role, and now. You know, he's being trusted a little bit more because Carlisle saw something extra in him. Um, the extra that maybe Carlisle sees in Wes Matthews, he is, you know, attempted for three years and it has not worked. All right. Whew. All right. Glad we got that off our chest. The Mavericks play the San Antonio Spurs tonight on Monday. If you're listening to this on Monday, if you're not listening to this on Monday, shout out to you for going back and listening to old podcasts. Um, they play in San Antonio. Um, so we'll have a podcast for you again tomorrow. I'm excited. Hopefully, this will be a good game. Uh, we get to see LaMarcus Aldridge, Dallas native, DeMar DeRozan with the, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they don't have a point guard, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dennis I mean, Dennis, a- Dennis has her history. I mean, Nick already brought up that uh, Dennis's you know, great game last year was against the Spurs. And now Bryn Forbes, I think, is their starter. Hopefully, Dennis can continue his shooting that he had tonight. Uh, I'll be interested to see who they put on Luka, whether that's DeRozan or whoever it is. Um, you know, Wes is probably going to be guarding DeRozan. And uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, and who guards Lamarcus now? Like that, I'm I'm really curious on that. Of you know, is is tomorrow night a night that they put Maxi in there to try to guard him, or do they put you know Harrison Barnes on him in his third game back? Or because yeah, he plays four, he's not a five. He's a five yeah, in the, some lineups, but they'll probably put Luca on on Rudy Gay and you know Harrison on Aldridge or however they want to play that. I'm just, I'm curious to see how matchups uh, come out tomorrow night, but. They really need that game. 
Um, you know, they felt yeah. the Jazz loss is you know, two and four now, and um, you know that'll be two and five heading to the Lakers on Wednesday, uh, which is penciling in for two and six at that point. Peace out. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>